you and you and me it's just a crazy storm i'm peter and i'm felice welcome to our travel podcast we're specialist travel writers and we've spent half a lifetime exploring every corner of the world so we want to share with you some of our extraordinary experiences and the amazing people we've met along the way This week we're in Courchevel, the smart French resort that ticks all the boxes for a truly luxurious ski holiday, and we're taking a look at the very top end of this. If you can't afford it, you can at least daydream about staying in one of the world's finest chalets, where your every whim will be catered for. Globally, there's just a handful of specialist chalet operators who look after their guests on this giddy level, London-based Consensio is the leader of the pack. France's largest premier resort is divided into four quite separate villages, five if you include lower-level Latania, all set at different altitudes. Each has its own pedigree, and until quite recently, Courcheval 1850 was the one synonymous with the ultimate opulence and the expense that inevitably accompanies it. This was where you'd find the Russian oligarchs who used to put no price cap at all on their ski holidays or on what they'd eat or buy. It's a place where a bowl of spag bowl can cost 60 euros and a bottle of claret something like 14,000. But surprisingly today, I'm visiting a chalet in a marginally lower village, one which I personally much prefer. It's also got the best of the skiing, a fact that perhaps explains why Courchevel's wealthiest clientele is on the move to pastures new. I met up with Misha Burns, who is the operations manager of Consensio. So here we are, Misha, in Chalet Bacchus, in what is now called Courchevel Morion, but used to be called Courchevel 1650, the, the second village, if you like, of Mm-hmm. Of course, you Now, this the chalet was built when? This chalet was uh, started in 2019, but then took several years to finish the product uh, for obvious reasons. And we took it on for the first winter last year, so since it was finished essentially, so 21 22. Show me around it. Yes, so we are currently in at the top of the chalet in the master bedroom with the beautiful views out over the mountain. And the sun has just come out after a big storm, so it looks absolutely magnificent out there. The main lift out of Courchevel 1650 is just a short push on skis away. It really is a very, very convenient position, right on the edge of the piece. We have dark wood, very designer chandelier, meant to look like a snowflake, which is appropriate for a ski chalet. We have very interesting side uh, table lamps, if you've noticed. Oh, yes, those are spectacular, aren't they? They're ducks. They're duck feet. Ducks. <laughs> ducks. Golden ducks. Golden ducks. The duck feathers yeah. uh, above them. Very yeah. interesting. Never seen those anywhere else before. <laughs> uh, and the bathroom here? Yes, again, all done by the designer. So made to measure, and the owners decided where they want everything. They've tried to continue with the snowflake theme in some ways, with the lights in here as well. Double sink and bath and shower, which most bedrooms do have, and really quite spacious. So now we've come down one story, so to speak, one floor. Yes, so now we're on the main living area level uh, where we have a huge bespoke dining table. And then there's a remarkable view from here too because you're seeing out across the trees which are looking pretty spectacular. So on this side you can see right down the valley on a clear day to all of the mountains on the opposite side. Yeah. Uh, And out the other side you can see up to 1850 and out onto the slopes. Then there's a stupendous circular relaxation area where you could happily seat all 14 chalet guests and 
a handful of visitors as well. It's enormous. Let's go on, go on downstairs, shall we? Five levels in all. And uh, there's a, a, a lift, obviously. Indeed. It's modern art on the walls. And on the next level down here, we have the massage room to one side. We have the boot room, which leads out onto the piste next to that. And then we have a couple more bedrooms on this level as well. And some other magnificent paintings too. Indeed. And now we're down to the bottom entry entrance hall level, uh, which also holds a large spa, the swimming pool, jacuzzi, hammam and sauna, uh, and also the cinema room down here. Wow, that's pretty spectacular. Wow, it's huge. Wonderful, comfortable seats. You could settle down here for the evening with your friends and have your own private Hollywood. And then a long, thin pool, which is a sort of pool where you can do lengths, but you can also relax and splash around. Basically, if I had the money, my kind of chalet. So, Misha you're the operations director of Consentia, uh, and you've been here since the beginning, I think, haven't you? Since the day Kerry started it, yes, since September yeah. 2009. And you've grown from just one chalet then to, goodness knows, how many now? Yes, we had, we had four or five chalets in the first year, uh, and then we now have nine chalets and six apartments, but it has gone up and down over the years, and we've added in the self-catering selection as well. The demand for this high end of chalet is really quite enormous now, isn't it? Yes, it, it actually has, has grown, I would say, over the years as opposed to decreased. And as well as that, we saw that there was a slight demand for something else as well, which is why we started the relaxed product a couple of years ago. The relaxed product is essentially a smaller version of an ultimate chalet. So, you know, with nice facilities that people want still with the free champagne, with the free wine. But the service is just more relaxed. So it's family style dinners, two or three courses instead of sort of five or six courses for dinner, a cake for afternoon tea instead of a huge spread. So just a little bit more relaxed, which some people prefer. Can you explain what a Consensio Chalet holiday really means? Yes, I can. It's very different to a hotel. So a chalet holiday means that you have your own dedicated house and staff and vehicle and chauffeur who are there to serve you for the whole of your holiday. You can choose the different foods you want. So there's not a menu to choose off of where you're forced to choose something perhaps you don't want. You can dictate what you eat. You can dictate what you drink. You can decide exactly how your holiday is going to go and what you'd like to do during it. And all of that is facilitated by your dedicated team of chalet staff. So very, very different to a hotel holiday. And of course, even in the best five-star as I said, sometimes these days, six-star hotel, you cannot, it's impossible to cater for, on the level you can, because you're only dealing with up to, say, 14, 16 people at the very most, sometimes a lot less. Yes. And you can't do that. You can't produce that standard of service in a hotel under any circumstances. No, I think it would be very difficult in a hotel, whereas we, on the other hand, you know, quite often we have guests who will have asked for fillet steak for dinner, but then they may have decided to have it at lunchtime on the slopes and they will come back at five o'clock in the afternoon and say to us, oh, no, we had that for lunch. We've changed our minds. We now would like lamb for dinner. And actually, you can do that for 14 people. The chef can run out to the butcher and, and, and make sure that that happens. So uh, it's a really bespoke service, much more so than a hotel, I would say. And I imagine you get some pretty bizarre requests. We do, we do. I was thinking about this yesterday. 
yesterday, we had a lady a few weeks ago who is allergic to colour. She doesn't like colour around her in the chalet. So in order for her to be able to come on holiday with us, we had to tone everything down in the chalet. So we had to remove any throws or bright coloured pictures and replace them with other things. We had to make sure the curtains were all to her liking. Yes, I mean, it's difficult in some places, as you can imagine, but essentially we had to go over the entire chalet remove all the colour and replace it with beiges and that beiges and greys, basically, is what she wanted. I've heard of a lot of Even the flowers. I've heard of a lot of allergies, but that's a new one. <laughs> Not sure it's a genuine allergy, just a dislike. <laughs> However, the thing is, it's a bespoke holiday. We can do that. And you did. Exactly. Middle Eastern cuisine or whatever, you can do that. Yeah, easy. absolutely. You can request any kind of cuisine you would like. A few of our chefs are French, a few are other nationalities, so there's a real mixture around anyway. And yes, essentially... Anything that you want to do, they will, will be of a standard where they can produce whatever is requested. So, yeah. Well, Contencio is based in England and based in London. Staff are by no means necessarily English, are they? No, not at all. Uh, since Brexit, obviously, we've had to change the way we recruit uh, and the way we do all of that kind of thing. So now we recruit all over Europe and we have a completely sort of multinational group of staff now. This chalet that you're in is a perfect example. We have Irish, South African, New Zealand with an Irish passport, Polish, French. I think that's it, isn't it? Martin, you're the chalet manager. Where do you come from? I come from Poland. And, but you've worked all over the world. Tell us a bit about where you've been. I was working in Canary Island, in Balearic Island, on the continent in Spain, in Italy, in Sardinia, in Sicily, in Finland, Norway, Iceland, Poland, Germany, and in UK also. But this is your first time in the mountains? First time in the mountains, yes. And first time on skis? And first time on skis, yes, I start skiing here. And is that okay? Going all right? Yes, I believe that's the best place to start skiing because... Uh, there's like the slopes for everyone, right? So I start like very easy here in the front of the chalet actually, and now I can really enjoy skiing. And the first day I was like really afraid of going out. So this is your new chalet in Kosovo. It's called Bacchus. Mm-hmm. It's certainly very comfortable in every possible way. This has become one of my favourites. I did some of the testing here at the start of season and got to try out all of the facilities. And I have to say, it's really wonderful. One of my favourite things is the jacuzzi on the front balcony, just on the slopes there, where you can sit with a glass of champagne and watch the skiers go by or watch your children playing outside. There isn't another chalet that I can think of that has that in our group. So yeah, I mean, I think it's got lovely facilities. It's in a perfect location on the slopes, close to the restaurants and close to all the shops if you want to walk in. Couldn't ask for more, really. And it's in Cocheval Morion, which used to be called Cocheval 1650, mm-hmm. and I still know it is that. Mm-hmm. Um, that used to be the sort of uh, second Cocheval, because 1850 is the one with the big name where, where the Russians stay, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but in recent years, 1650 has become perhaps the heart of Cocheval in lots of ways. Yes, I think that's probably right. Uh, people have moved down the hill, essentially, from, you know, booking a chalet in 1850. There are now plenty of Russian, Middle Eastern families who all now book in 1650 instead because you get so much more for your money and you just have the same facilities and you're still right on the piste. So, you know, you have everything at less of a cost. I think it can be a lot quieter in 1650 and it's also such a nice, easygoing ski area, big, wide, blue piste. So, Marcin, Kosheval is a very cosmopolitan resort with skiers arriving from all over the world. Has that been reflected in your clients this winter? Well, actually, we had some guests from uh, United Kingdom. We had some guests from South America, actually. Mm-hmm. We had guests from Middle East, from Dubai, from Kuwait. Yeah, we're seeing more and more Middle East guests yes. now, yeah. actually. Interestingly, taking over from the Russians. 
Because, I mean, the Russians, Kushvaz would be known for the Russians. But, of course, for obvious reasons, they're not here now, are they? No. At all? No, no, no. Even those who are domiciled in Europe don't want to be seen to be spending their money or no. giving a very low profile. Yeah, no, the, the Russian clientele has gone down very much. And, you know, certainly in the 13 years that we've been going, it's gone from 45% of our clientele to probably 5% now. Really, it's yeah. that. Yeah. Because overall, people always say Kushvaz was full of Russians. But I think the reality is, is that uh, it was probably 10% of visitors were from Russia, but they accounted for perhaps 50% of the spend of mm. the income of the resort. And that's a huge sum. So when they go, you're left in trouble. So who, where do the replacements come from? I mainly? do think Middle East... Uh, certainly, I think that that has increased by a huge amount. We rather expected, possibly, for it to come from China, but so far I don't know that it has. We've had maybe one set of Chinese visitors in all these years. You're not alone in saying that. that mm. Everyone's saying they expect the Chinese to be here, but they're not. Mm. What about India? Indian guests, oh, maybe one a year, if that, yeah. for us. So not sure it's there either. I think it's probably Middle East, all the different Middle Eastern mm. countries. And South America is always And strong. South America. Uh, a few more Australians as well. Now they're allowed to travel again. And Americans. And Americans, yeah. More Americans this year than we've had before, I think. Uh, which is interesting when mm. they can obviously ski much more close to home. Yes, but actually right. uh, a lot of Americans tell me that it's actually cheaper to come here. If you live in New York City, for example, mm-hmm. run some courses at the beginning of the season, which I do in Val mm-hmm. and uh, we have every year uh, people who come from New York City in uh, Thanksgiving time in America, again, end of November, late mm-hmm. November, and they come here for uh, a week rather than go to the Rockies. You get on a plane from the airport in, in New York, and one of the airports, you uh, go to Geneva, and you drive up to Valdezer, and it takes about the same time to get to Aspen. Wow. <laughs> uh, and the price is a lot cheaper. And we do have large enough ski areas here. Yeah. That... Our, our ski areas in Europe are actually larger than everything in America. We have much, much mm. bigger ski areas. It's about the only thing we have bigger, but we do have bigger ski areas. <laughs> so what about the future? Where do we go from here? Well, um, more chalets. Yes, we would like some more chalets, uh, more ultimate chalets, a few more relaxed chalets, and more serviced or self-catered uh, properties as well. Well, I um, wanted to talk about those because mm-hmm. we haven't actually touched on that. So you started a few years ago having apartments. Explain how that works in terms of staffing. So in terms of staffing, the service departments or self-catered apartments essentially are sold as an apartment where there are no staff other than services for cleaning, which happens on a daily basis. And then we add extra services on. So for example, people are asked if they would like to book a bread and croissant basket in the morning or delivery in the morning, if they would like shopping done. Really, they're asked if they want any extra services, but cleaning and shopping and that kind of thing. Get dinner on demand if they want it. We do offer, for example, there are services in most resorts that will offer uh, a takeaway uh, these days. So pretty sophisticated takeaways. Yeah, exactly. So most restaurants will do a takeaway if they want one. So we could go and collect that and deliver it to them for a fee, of course. So yes, essentially they can ask for whatever extra services they'd like. We book massages for them. We book mountain restaurants for them. We act as a sort of concierge once they get here. Yeah, and the concierge part of concierge is an important one, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes, very important. Uh, We try to help them organize everything that they would possibly need for a holiday before they arrive, whether they are just in a service department or in an ultimate chalet. But you won't book a flight for them? No, other than flights, but everything else, we will help them book transfers, ski lessons, uh, ski hire, massages, restaurants, uh, quite literally anything. And then once they're here, they also have requests as well. In fact, one from your show, it springs to mind recently. It was uh, International, was it Valentine's Day or Women's Day? 
that you had to get the uh, large bouquet of flowers. That was the Valentine's Day. Yes, so uh, we had some guests in this particular chalet on Valentine's Day, and I think the gentleman had possibly forgotten it was Valentine's Day. So at 10pm at night, he asked Marchin, the chalet manager, if he could... Well, he gave him a thousand euros and said, I want a thousand euros of roses ready for 8am tomorrow morning. At 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. <laughs> That's tough. That's tough anyway. In the ski resort, it's impossible. <laughs> you did it, though, didn't you? It is possible. <laughs> I, I had, what did you do? Actually, I have some collections in the flower shop in 1850, <laughs> and I had it in the middle of the night for a big bouquet of the roses in the garage. Yeah. It's lucky they had the roses here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty amazing. So there they so, were in the morning. They only came down. Exactly. And it's partially because these guys have good relationships with the suppliers here. Well, that's what you've got to do. Because, yeah. I mean, to be a chalet manager, it's not just looking after the chalet, is it? It's, it's knowing the people in the resort. Mm. To be able to get you into a restaurant. Service. Exactly. That's mm. really important. Um, and obviously things like getting a booking in a, one of the most popular Michelin-style restaurants. Mm. I can't get them, but you can. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> that's true. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. So we do try and uh, keep all of those relationships going yeah. uh, throughout the season. They are hugely important. We had a Saudi couple, just two people, come and stay in Chalet Rocher, which is huge, as you know, on their own. Uh, and they were a little bit bored. They didn't ski much. They didn't know what to do with themselves for the week. So the chef very kindly asked them if they would like cooking lessons. So our Saudi couple ended up having cooking lessons with the chef every day for the entire week. That's what they wanted to do whilst they were here in a ski resort. <laughs> then we had oh, we had Irish dancing for St. Patrick's Day in another chalet. Uh, we yeah. happened to have a sh- an Irish chalet host who was a champion Irish dancer. You happen to have one. We do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and once we found this out... <laughs> It's been very useful ever since. And we thought for St. Patrick's Day, it was the perfect time for her to, to get out there and do some Irish dancing. And the guests absolutely loved it. So you can do almost anything. We can, it would seem, yes. We just keep discovering uh, these talents of our staff <laughs> and putting them to good use. We had some guests who didn't speak very good English and they demanded to have blue chickens. Blue chickens? Yes, on their manifest. We couldn't think what on earth blue chickens were. Yeah. They meant breast chickens. Ah. I think they're called breast blue, breast maybe. Blue. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we, we eventually figured this we, out we with a bit, of, yeah, a bit of communication with them. But it was rather funny for a while when we got a manifest with blue chickens. Guests would like blue chickens for dinner. Uh, it took us a rather a long time to figure out what that was, but we did in time and managed to get them <laughs> <laughs> all the way from breast. That's, have you got any more stories, Marchin, from this year from in here? I had my... Very nice group, actually, from Dubai. Uh, the guests saw the snow for the first time in their life. Oh, yeah. So in the evening, they asked if they can uh, go sledging in the front of the chalet. And it was like a really nice evening for them because there was like sledging for like two, three hours. Mm-hmm. And I was just serving them like the hot chocolate and some shot of the genepi yeah. uh, on the slope. That was nice. really amazing <laughs> thing to see on the slope. Yeah, nice experience for them if it was their first time seeing snow. So quite a lot of the guests don't actually ski, or is that fair? Yeah. So? I will say like 80% are like skiers and they spend like sure. all the time on, on the slope, but there's always... I would say around this 20% yeah. that will stay in the mm. chalet or will ask for some different activities. I think we maybe get more skiers here in the chalet on the piece than perhaps we do in some oh, other chalets. True. I would oh, say it might true. be 60-40 in some other yes. chalets. Because you're not near, I'm sure you've got a chauffeur that takes you there, but you're not mm. near any smart shopping here, are you? You know, you've got to go to 1850. You have to go to 1850, yeah. Exactly. It's, uh, it's only a, what, a 10 12, minutes. 12, 10, 12 minute yeah. drive away. That's Absolutely. Amazing, yeah. immense, but it's only a few miles. It's not sort of just down the road. Yeah. And do they come with lots of luggage? I've heard one of the stories people bringing their own sheets or whatever. I mean, like there are sometimes extra vehicles for the luggage. 
Um, we've Quite had a few, often, yeah, actually. yeah, we've had a few of those. People do come, you know, you will have a family that comes with kind of 20 large suitcases, yeah. but it's almost, you know, par for the course these yeah. days. You, you expect it. So it's, it doesn't it seem a big is. deal. Yeah. In Shemshak, up in Korshwell, 1850, we had some Russian guests who used to come every year, actually. And uh, not only did they leave all of their luggage behind, but they also left the things that they'd bought in the designer shops and things like that. I suppose thinking at some point they'd come back for it or we would send it on or yeah. we were left years later with things from Chanel and <laughs> which are still probably in our storage somewhere <laughs> waiting for him to come back. <laughs> so yes, it did happen a bit more in the past, that one. More with the Russians, I would say yeah. that one. And then, of course, special requests for alcohol, different different wines and things like that. Yes, I, all of that's fairly easily doable up here. Sure. There's there's lots of good wine shops, both in Val d'Isère and in Courchevel, that you can order things from. I mean, yeah, there's there's almost nothing we can't get, I would say. It would have to be fairly rare and come from a long way sure. away that, that we wouldn't be able to get it. So what's the ratio of staff here? So here we have six and a half, seven, if we count. Seven. Paul in as full-time. Yes. Uh, so about seven staff here, which yes. seems a lot for 14 people. 14, yes. Yeah, it's a good ratio. Well, what do they all do? Well, actually, there is... I will say always a lot of things to do for the, all of the staff. So we have a chef and we are very lucky because the chef is from here. So he knows the local uh, cuisine, local food. And he's really, really good. We have three hosts. We have a chauffeur. We have a restaurant assistant and myself. And with the 14 guests that we have during the day, I will always find something to do for all of the the staff here. Especially if you have non-skiers in a group. Yes, indeed. And there's yeah. people always in the chalet wanting to use the facilities or eat or drink. Sure. And especially because we have and the spa area and we have a bar that I always want to have at least one person in the chalet. So if the guest would like to have some cocktail or would like to go to the jacuzzi, there's always someone who can help to arrange some someone there to be on hand to do exactly that. mm, that's think, true yeah when you have a bar up here and a bar sure. downstairs and the cinema room where they'd like drinks and popcorn delivered there's quite a lot of running around yeah. to do mm. exactly they're always busy it's our very first season that we had a lady i think she was probably russian uh came with her little dog it was a chihuahua or a poodle or something like that and it only ate rare fillet steak and organic chicken breast uh, which is fine. I mean, you know, we get those kind of requests, no problem at all. But the chef had to cook it in a certain way and she would check it before the dog ate it every day. So it had to be perfectly cooked or it was sent back. <laughs> I'm not sure the dog would have objected, but she did. That's a bit rarer these days, I would say, isn't it? Well, you don't get presumably these days. Many, many people travelling with their pets. Um, well, we still have about half of the chalets allow dogs. So almost every week I'd say there's a pet there's, yeah almost every oh, week yeah. there's a pet somewhere mm, yeah that's true and it's often the staff who end up walking it feeding it so what's changed now for Contentio after Covid More in the first year after Covid yes we had to change all sorts of, of ways that we did things and have contingencies for if members of staff got Covid and you know that first year after Covid was really really difficult in the weeks that we ran because if people dropped with Covid you still had to isolate for 10 days and it meant that everyone was out of the chalet. So that was that was a real challenge, even actually last winter, because they still had the 10-day isolation thing uh, in place for winter 21-22. And that meant that, you know, in Christmas week last year, for example, I remember Chalet Lotzi and Val d'Isère 
uh, on Christmas Day had two staff out of the six left because they'd all dropped with COVID during the previous week. Yeah. Guests were fantastically understanding about it, I have to say, last year when we had to give them this yeah. bad news that we'd have to get a takeaway for Christmas dinner. You imagine that would ruin their holiday, but they were fine. <laughs> you did it. They literally had to do that. Oh, yeah, no, we, yeah, we, you know, I didn't have a spare chef anywhere. We had no spare staff anywhere last year because they were constantly dropping sure. with COVID one after the other all yeah. over the place. Yeah. This year has thankfully been much, much better. Yeah. Well, you don't have to isolate anymore and, yeah. you know, the, the rules that were in place then are not in place now, luckily, so we can actually function normally again, yeah. which we couldn't even up until last winter. I and mean, one of the other things we've been thinking about, not necessarily due to COVID, but just in the last two years, has been our eco-credentials and how we obviously need to do what we can as and a company. So what are you doing? Well, so we took a power pledge. So, for example, I've pledged that by uh, 2026, we will have electric vehicles. So that's something I'm working on now. Very difficult, much more difficult than you would imagine to get electric 4x4 vehicles. They don't currently exist in large format. So that's something which we're trying to work to see whether VW will do or maybe Mercedes or something like that. At the moment, there is no solution to it, unfortunately. So it's something we need to work towards for the next three years. So it may be that we have to have hybrid to start with and then hope that... One of these companies will make four by four large vehicles. A lot of people are testing the the electric vehicles this winter, actually, in the snow, because there was some worry that the batteries wouldn't do so well in the cold. So we'll see how that goes, see what everyone reports back about that. But so that was part of our power pledge. I am currently encouraging all of our chalet owners to move to providers for electricity, for example, that don't have anything to do with fossil fuels. I mean, France is quite good anyway for that kind of thing, but... There are still better providers out there, uh, generally for things like electricity that you can move to the properly green suppliers. Uh, So slowly over time, we're trying to encourage people to do that. We've sort of changed how we work in the chalets as well. Whereas before we used to give out bottles of mini bottles of Evian for everyone to take skiing with them. We have now changed to a a small carton, which is made of recycled uh, cardboard. And it's actually made of a recycled and recyclable cap as well in plastic so it is closable so it sort of mimics the bottles but is uh, has much better eco credentials yeah. essentially and we can recycle it all instead of throwing it away which is great and that seems to be working people are accepting this change which is great as well because i think you have to be careful with the luxury product that you don't change it too much from people's perception of luxury and what about toiletries and shampoos and yes whatever? so we've changed those as well so we are now with Oc- Occitan who and we use the larger format now refillable larger formats so we're no longer giving out small plastic bottles they're all the larger format which are reused and reused and reused and refilled and they're all made from recycled plastic and are all recyclable as well so essentially that's quite a large change from what we used to do Uh, and again guests seem very happy with this i think everyone has if anything complimented products haven't they rather than been unhappy with them so they all seem to to like it very much as a product that's great one of the products that we have which traditionally like with all companies probably is ordered in bulk from china or somewhere like that i would now like to buy in france is slippers Uh, and there is one company who are doing bamboo slippers that look very interesting Uh, and of course they're more expensive than anything you'll get from china but i think it's probably worth our investing in something like this to help our eco credentials again and and be a more sustainable product i should perhaps point out that for obvious reasons in a ski resort outdoor shoes are forbidden in consensio chalets as they are indeed in nearly all chalets yes (laughs) so there you have it chalet packers the perfect chalet run by consensio 
If you want to know more about the chalet, or indeed more about Consensio and the private exclusive chalets that they offer in the French Alps, go to consensiochalets.co.uk. That's all for now. If you've enjoyed the show, please visit our website, actionpacktravel.com, or you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or any of the many podcast platforms. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd love you to sign up for our regular emails too at peter at actionpacktravel.com. Until next week, stay safe. And I am you. You are me. It's just a crazy storm.